Well, good morning, Thrive Church. Everybody is alive and kicking this morning. Happy New Year. Give it up to God for what he's going to do in 2023. God's got great things in store for you. I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning. If you are a guest, my name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this great church. I wanna welcome all those who are watching in the 715 area code who are watching with us this morning. Just to give you a heads up, if you get this on your calendar, here is your notice that on January 29th, Sunday, January 29th, at the, after our service, we are gonna have our annual vision meeting. And that is for all our members, but anybody is welcome to come to, to, uh, to that event. And we also, uh, we've, we've turned it into an annual chili cook-off and uh, dessert cook-off, so uh, you can start looking through your recipe boxes for that big event. I don't know which is, becomes even more important, that vision meeting or the chili cook-off. It gets a little competitive, so, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Just wanted you to, to be aware of that. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Of all the places that you could be on January 1st, 2023, you chose to be in the house of God. And, uh, and that tells me that you have a hunger and a thirst for God. And that's what I hope happens in this new year. Uh, you know, each year, and maybe some of you have done that already, or some of you are going to work on that today, uh, you put together New Year's resolutions. New Year's, no, nobody, a lot of people. Some people, they, they create these goals. And the reason why we do these New Year's resolutions of these goals is because we want to become better. I think it's, it's within us. We want to become better because we want to make the world around us better. But we know if we are better, it will make the world around us better, right? And here, here's a couple of resolutions. There was a, uh, somebody within a time span of five years that kind of went through this progression of, of New Year's resolutions. And, and this started in 2018. And this person said, in 2018, I will get my weight down below 180 pounds, that was New Year's resolution. Because that's a lot of a lot of people that they, they make those health resolutions. 2019, the same person said, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 200 pounds. In 2020, the same person said, I will develop a realistic attitude about my weight. In 2021, they said, I will work out at least three days a week. And in 2022, they said, I will try to drive past the gym at least once a week. <laughs> okay? Changes. And again, we, we have this desire within us. We, we know that we have the potential for more. And if I just had more discipline, if I just had more focus, if I just push myself a little bit harder, I could become better. And if I become better, then the world around me will become better. And so I have declared, for each year we've been doing it since I've been here, the pastor, we've been declaring a word for the year. And I have declared for this year, 2023, that for Thrive Church, this is gonna be the year of impact. This is gonna be the year of impact. Here, here's what impact means. It means to, uh, to have a strong effect or to have great influence on someone or something. I believe that the church, the body of Christ, we are created by God to have impact on the world around us. In fact, Jesus tells us this. 
Jesus tells us the same thing. He says in Matthew 5, 14, he says that we are empowered by God to impact our world. Listen to what it says here. He said, you, everybody, just, just point at your neighbor. Point at your neighbor. Point at yourself now. You, you, just look, just say you. You are the light of the world. It's like, you're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And, and how foolish it would be to, to light a lamp and then put it under a basket. That would be foolish. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house so that it has impact. In the same way, let your good deeds, let it shine out. Let the Spirit of God shine out for all to see so that everyone will not give praise to you but will give praise to God. How you live your life, you wanna have impact in your world, live your life, not to put focus on you, but to put focus on God. Did you hear what Jesus just said about you? You, listen to me, you, you are a beacon of light in a very dark world. You're a beacon of light. You know, there was a, in, in my neighborhood, I have a picture, this was, uh, I, I get up really early and I walk, I, I do my prayer time. I like to walk through my neighborhood. And this was just like right after that storm we just had recently had. And it was just so dark and dreary. And it, it was just a really dark morning. And I just came upon this lamp. And it just caught me. And it caught my attention. This scripture verse caught my attention. And I just felt like God was saying, that's you. That's you. If that light had been turned off, I would have never noticed it. I would have just continued to walk in the dark. I had a little headlamp and it is the coolest thing, but I, I just, it makes a difference. When that light shines, it's making a difference in my neighborhood. You see, that lamp, it has a purpose. Its purpose is to do what it's doing. It's, it, instead of this being just a dark screen, all of a sudden we see a bright light. It's impacting its area. It has a purpose. This lamp has power. It is empowered by an outside source. I can't, I can't ex explain the electrical grid and all the wires that go to it. You really can't see the electricity, but it's empowered. It's empowered to make a difference. And this lamp is positioned. Of all the places that they put this lamp, they said this is the darkest spot in this neighborhood. This is where we need to make the biggest difference. And you... Listen to me, this is you. Look at your neighbor and point up there and say, that's you. I see that in you. I see that you have a purpose. Your purpose is to impact your world with the light of Christ. You have a purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a purpose this morning. God gave you a purpose. You are empowered by God. You see, if you're here today and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he has placed his spirit inside of you. And there's a power inside of you that was designed to get out. You were empowered this morning. And not only are you empowered, but you're positioned. Each and every one of you, you live in a different neighborhood, a different house. You work at a different location. You have different people in your community that are in your family. You are uniquely Position. God has positioned you where you are to make a difference. But here's the deal. Here's what Jesus says about us. He says, the only way God's light, the only way God's light loses its power 
it loses its impact is when we keep it to ourselves. Just, oh, just stop right there. The only way a church loses its impact in a community is when that church decides to keep God to themselves. Let us not be that church. Let us not be that people in this year of impact of 2023. Let us make a difference. And, and in this, this so that's the, the, the title of this sermon series is Impact. And throughout this series, we're gonna, we're gonna see how our greatest impact is through your give. You're gonna hear that a lot. Your greatest impact is in your give. How many of you ever heard of a motivational speaker, Tony Robinson, before? Tony Robinson, you'll read some of his books and stuff like that. And I just read, read an article by him just recently, and he said this. Um, he said this. He says, the greatest way to impact your world is through your giving, If you want to have success, you want to, have, you want to impact the world around you. He said the secret is it's in your giving, or in your giving. And so uh, that's, where we're going to, that's where we're going to talk about here in, the, in this next week. The, the secret of your impact, the, the, your greatest impact is through your give. And this is where we're going to start in 2023. We're going to start from the inside out because that's where giving starts. Giving starts from the inside out. Jesus says this, Matthew 6, He says, but seek first. Write that down, seek first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, I'm gonna seek God first. That's what we're gonna do. If we're gonna be a church of impact, we're gonna start from the inside out. And we're gonna start through this thing called Fasting. Fasting. You, you, you've heard us talk about this here the past few weeks, and today we, I declare for Thrive Church a 21 days of prayer and fasting. Well, what does that mean? What is fasting? Fasting is to give. Fasting is to give up. To give up something that I like in exchange for something that I really need. Let me say that one more time. This is fasting. It's me giving up something that I really like, or I think that I need, but I really, it's, I, it's really not as big as important as I, I'm just used to it. And I'm gonna give that up to God so that I can pursue something that I really need, more of God in my life. How many of you need more of God in your life? I, if you want more of God in your life, you're gonna have to surrender something that you may really like. Jesus speaks on this, this topic here. Matthew 5, 16, he says this. Jesus said, this is a Sermon on the Mount. He says, when you, when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled uh, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private. It's between you and God. And then it says, verse 18, and your father who sees everything will reward you. Jesus tells us four important things about fasting here. First of all, it's important. It's important. Think about this. This topic, Jesus has given this Sermon on the Mount. We, we spoke on that this last summer. We spent a lot of time talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Of all the topics for Jesus to talk about, he's talking about important things. He inserts prayer 
and fasting and giving. Prayer, fasting, and giving. And Jesus says, and when you fast, second of all, it's, it's expected. And when you fast. Another, what Jesus is saying, you know, when you fast. You know, when you go to church on Sunday, when, when, when you do this, when you pray, you, you pray, right? You, you go to church, right? It, when you fast, right? It, it's an, it was a way of life. It's the way of life for a Christ follower is for us to fast. And then he also says there's a right way and a wrong way. There's a, a prideful way, and that's what the Pharisees did. That's what Jesus was talking to, the Pharisees who just, they would go on these long fasts, and they would just try to just look doom and gloom so that everybody, hey, everybody, look at me. Look at how spiritual I am. Jesus said, don't, would you stop that? Stop it, stop it. And he says there's a right way to fast, and that's when we humble ourselves. When we make a fast, we make it between God and ourselves. It's not about you or anybody else. It's between you and God. And then he says, there are great blessings that come from it. He says, your father will reward you. In other words, there's just, I've been doing some study on, on fasting. There's so many benefits that come from a, a food fast Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I'm gonna let you do the study on all of that. But I'm telling you, there's blessings that come from it. I did, and I want you to know, this is not twisting the arm of God. It's not it's like, okay, God, I'm fasting. Now you have to do this for me. Not about that, not about that at all. It's a step of obedience. I, have, I should have brought it with me, but on my keychain, I had this, uh, this little uh, little dial thing, and, and and when I go into hospitals, maybe I, I visited some of you in the hospital. I'll ask people like, "Hey, can I anoint you with oil? Can I pray for you?" And I just undo that dial thing, and I have just a little bit of oil in there, and just kind of do like this. And I'll ask permission, "Can I pray for you?" And and yeah, yeah, can I anoint you with oil? Yeah. And I said, "You understand, there's nothing magical about this." Right? There's nothing magical here. It's not like I'm going to touch your head. It's all going to. But God's word says to do it. I don't understand all of those things. I understand anointing oil and things like that. But I want you to know I, we're going to take steps of obedience. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to anoint you with oil and pray for you. And that's what fasting is. I don't understand all of the particulars about it. I'm gonna talk about it today, but I want you to know it's not twisting the arm of God. It's like, okay, if I fast 21 days, then you need to give me $21,000. It's, it's not like that. So there's benefits that come from fasting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about here, this, go through your notes here quickly. I wanna talk about some biblical examples of fasting. Where we got this idea here. Here's some Bible characters who, who fasted and for some reason. First, we have Moses. And Moses fasted on behalf of a nation. And we know that the, if you read through the Exodus story, you see that the Israelites messed up big time. They messed up and they built this golden calf and they started to worship this, this idol. And when Moses found out, I was like, oh my word, what are you people thinking? Hello. And these people have sinned big time. And Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights for the people of Israel that God would not destroy them. We look at David. Oh, by the way, when you go through this time of prayer and fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting, will you please make sure that you pray for our country 
that we would pray on behalf of our country. Just, just make sure that you make that a part. God, just pray for our president, pray for our leaders, pray for our country. So we see that King David prayed. King David, another person, a Bible character in the Bible who messed up big time, and now his son is gravely ill, and David repented before the Lord, and he prayed and he fasted that God would heal his son. So he prayed and fasted for healing. King Ahab, King Ahab, he humbled himself before the Lord. He humbled himself, and God spared his kingdom from wrath. I love this story, King Jehoshaphat. We don't see kids named Jehoshaphat, man. Wouldn't that be great? That's a great biblical name to Jehoshaphat. But King Jehoshaphat, his army, his city was completely surrounded. I mean, these are overwhelming odds against him. And King Jehoshaphat said, I have the greatest military strategy ever. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray and fast. And so the kingdom, they prayed and fasted. And they woke up one day, and all of a sudden, they saw this massive army. I don't know what happened, but they began to turn on themselves. And this whole army, before they're sitting there watching, this army began to decimate themselves. The intervention of God, a great victory that day. We, uh, we, one of my favorite Bible stories in, in, in the Bible is about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, he heard about the walls of Jerusalem and they were busted down and they were in disgrace and they were in danger. And Nehemiah is like, oh my goodness, oh God. And he called out to God and he wept before God. God, save them. God, tell me what to do. And he prayed and he fasted. God, give me favor. Give me direction. And all of a sudden, when the prayer and fasting was over, God showed up in incredible ways and gave him incredible favor and gave him an an awesome vision and direction on how to do it. Queen Esther, Queen Esther, there was this man by by the name of Haman, 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 I'm not saying it right. And he had a conspiracy to destroy all the Jews in that area. And so she called for a prayer, a time of prayer and fasting. And God intervened. And Homan's conspiracy, it turned, it wound up turning on himself. None of the Jews were killed. King Darius. King Darius, there's a man by the name of Daniel, and he was set up big time. Daniel in the lion's den, he was set up. And he was busted. And King Darius, he had to follow through even though he knew Daniel was set up. And he had to put Daniel into that lion's den. And for some reason, must have been God, those lions were not hungry that night. As a matter of fact, King Darius, he prayed for the protection of of Daniel. And those lions did not touch Daniel. And the next morning, they awoke and Daniel was alive. And so God's protection was over Daniel's life. The prophet Joel, he prayed, he called for a time of consecration. A consecration is this. It's a spiritual cleansing to prepare the people for God to do a great work in and through them. You see throughout the, the Old Testament, many times before God was about to do something awesome, the people, he would call for people to consecrate themselves, to get ready, spiritually ready. God's about to do something. If you knew God was about to do something in your life for 2023, would you prepare yourself spiritually What if we just begin to do that now? What if we begin to just 
consecrate ourselves. I'm gonna take these three weeks and prepare myself for what God has in store in this new year. There was a, a, a prayer, and, uh, there was prayer and fasting for repentance. You see, you remember the story of Jonah and the whale? Well, when Jonah got out of that whale, he did go to Nineveh. And he said, you guys are in trouble. Unless you get right with God, you are in trouble. And the king was taken back. And he ordered the people that, hey, we need to pray and fast. And God relented and did not bring destruction on that city. So there's a prayer of repentance. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights, he, he, he was in the wilderness praying and fasting before he started his ministry. So his prayer and fasting for preparation. We know that if you look in Luke chapter two, there's this woman named Anna, an 84-year-old lady, a prophetess. And it says that she never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. We look at Jesus. Jesus and the disciples these disciples, they're praying for this demonic man and these demons are not coming out and these disciples are like scratching their heads like, okay, we've done everything that you told us to do and these demons are not coming out. What should we do, Jesus? And Jesus responds, he says, this kind of demon can only come forth by prayer and fasting. So we know that strongholds are broken. You have a stronghold in your life. You have an addiction that you need to deal with. Perhaps prayer and fasting is a solution for what you're going through. Paul and Barnabas. It says that the, the early church was just starting, just beginning. And, and so Paul and Barnabas, these early church leaders say, hey, we need to add new elders to this team. And they would take a season of prayer and fasting before they make those decisions. By the way, time out. I don't know if you realize this. I don't know if you, if, how many of you were around when we became lead pastor of this church, but we came to visit one time and there was a board with some of your names on it, and you were, you were praying and fasting for a new pastor. I hope that's what your prayer was answered. <laughs> Etc. There's There's many more stories in the Bible. I just wanted to give you a touch of it. But why fast? Why, why does God call us to fast? First of all, I think it's a refinement. I call it a spiritual detox. You know what detox is? Detox is a process to remove the impurities from your system. So back in the day, I used to drive a taxi cab when I was going to college in Minneapolis. A great experience. A lot of times I would get a call to take this person and take them to the detox center. And they were just a mess of themselves. And because their, their bodies were so full of a chemical that was destroying their lives, mentally, spiritually, family, everything, destroying everything about their lives. And I would pick them up a couple weeks later and they were just, ah, that's, that was out of their system. And that's what prayer and fasting does. It begins to remove the spiritual impurities from our soul. Somebody said this, Think of fasting as the method to starve the idols in our lives. I like that. Think of fasting as a method of starving the idols that are in our lives. I could talk on that for a while, but I'm not. When we fast, we are refocusing our attention. I don't know about you, but I get distracted with the things of this world. 
But when I pray and fast, it all of a sudden it brings our priorities into focus. You know what prayer and fasting does? Prayer and fasting brings me back to the main thing. And prayer and fasting helps me reestablish to keep the main thing the main thing. That's what prayer and fasting does. It's a refocus of our intention. And I want to tell, I want to challenge you when you go through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're going to be tempted. And I want to, I want to challenge you to change your paradigm. Instead of focusing on what you're giving up, I want to challenge you to focus on what you're pursuing. Let me say that one more time. Don't focus on what you're giving up. Keep your focus on what you're pursuing. There was a, an orphanage in India. I just read about this. An orphanage in India. And this orphanage, every Friday, they declare a fast in their orphanage for the, enti- for the staff and all the children. And they, they, instead of going to mealtime, they go and they, they go, they're, they're praying and fasting. Uh, by the way, no, oh, they, they call it this. They call it feasting on Jesus. So, hey, children, instead of coming and eating, eating a meal, we're going to feast on Jesus. What if that was our paradigm? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this time, and I'm going to feast on Jesus. By the way, just a by the way note, do you know what these children in India, do you know what they pray and fast for every Friday? They pray for you. They commit every Friday to pray for the church in the United States. Isn't that crazy? They're, they're, they're giving up for something that they like for something that they want to see happen. It is reestablishing our self-focus. You see, I, I don't know about you, but I, there's times where I allow other things to take control in my life. Food. Social media, my phone, things, alcohol, whatever, they can become things that become self-controlling. And so when we fast, what we are doing is we are taking back control. We are telling the flesh, because we know it's a battle between the spirit and flesh, we are telling our flesh, no, you don't control me. I've allowed you to control me for too long. You don't control me, I control you. So my answer is no. We fast because we, it's ability to recognize our temptations. When we fast, it seems to me that our, te- our real temptations come to life. Like, oh, I'm so hungry for this. I'm so, I need this. And, and this is an opportunity for us to say, God, you see this temptation in my life. I need you to remove that. I need you to deal with that. And, and here's the biggest one. Here, here, here's what I hope and pray that becomes the biggest thing in your life through this season of prayer and fasting is that it renews your dependency. This passage has stuck with me for years. John 15, five, it's not in your notes, but Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I don't know about you, but I wanna have an impact in this world. And Jesus just reminds me that without him in my life, I'm just spinning my wheels. I don't want to spin my wheels. I want to make a difference. I, 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 but Jesus reminds me, without him, I can do nothing. 
And so I, I, I want God, I want him to take over in my life. Let me, let me close out this by talking about how to fast. This is in your notes here. First of all, it, it, and this is not in your notes, but it, it starts with an attitude. A John the Baptist attitude. Remember John the Baptist. Remember his infamous words, what he said about God, what he said about Jesus. They were asking him about Jesus. What do you think about this Jesus guy? And his response was, he must become greater. I must become less. That, that, that Just that heart of humility. And as we enter into this year, 2023, what if that was our attitude? In 2023, I, he must become greater and I must become less. I need more of him and less of me. But here's here, practical ways to do this. So first of all, I would tell you this. Set up your purposes. What is your why? Why? Why, why do you need to pray and fast? Why do you need to take this 21 days and do this? And then answer this question. Write this down. What do you want to see God do? What do you want him to do in these next few days? Second of all, I tell you to choose your fast. And I would tell you this. Go after the thing that you depend on the most. What is it? Is it food? Is it a food item? Is it, for some of you, a sugar fast, a soda fast, a coffee fast. Some, some of you are like, I don't want to hear you. No, 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 don't, 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 don't say it. Maybe a, a Daniel fast. And again, look, look some of that. For some of you, it's a social media fast. You just need to get unplugged. Video games, television, Netflix, spend it, whatever it is. Ask God, Lord, what is it that I need to surrender so that I can have more of you? What idol do I need to starve in my life? Second, third thing I would tell you to do is make your commitment. Write down what you're going to fast and how long. And then ask God to help you stick to your commitment. And I, I, I challenge you, don't make this about, don't make this a religious practice. Make it about relationship. Make it about relationship. God, I just want more of you in my life. I want more of you. I would tell you this, the fourth thing to do is create a schedule. Set up a time in your day where you are simply going to seek God in prayer and Bible study. In other words, substitute. So that time that you would be sitting and doing this on your social media, like, no, 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 put that down. I'm gonna substitute. Instead of this, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this. So, so if you're fasting food and you get a half hour lunch break at work, instead of you packing, unpacking your meal, like, no, no, I'm not, I'm gonna unpack God's word. I want to spend that time in prayer. Substitute. Substitute your time. Then I challenge you this. Number five, go deeper. Go deeper. I know some of you, you, you have a daily time of prayer and worship and getting in God's word, but I want to challenge you, go deeper. Don't just read the word, but study the word. I, I, we've put together for you in your notes a prayer and fasting guide, Okay? And I put this together, and there's a hundred things we could have put in here, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm just taking my notes. I'm taking my sermon notes here. And so we say, hey, day one, and we're going to read through, all of us, so I invite you to read through the book of John. 21 chapters, 21 days. Pretty good idea. 
We're gonna get to know Jesus better. But don't just read John chapter one. Study John chapter one. And then ask, when you're done reading, ask God, God, what are you saying to me? Through your word, what are you saying? And then I put together, here's some prayer focus. Ask God to refine your soul. So when you, when you were praying through today, you have a prayer time with God, just God, refine my soul. What does that mean? God, speak to me. I encourage you to, to take this prayer guide. And again, the how to fast is on the back. I'm almost done here. I would tell you this, journal your experience. Journal this, because God's gonna tell you things. And when God begins to speak, because you turned off all the other noise, begin to write it down. God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying? Number seven, keep it a secret. Don't be telling people. Just, don't be bragging. It's like, if you can't eat a meal, say, hey, yeah, I'm not eating today. Thank you. But keep it humble. Keep it between you and God. Number eight, take back your self-control. Again, as I said earlier, the battle that's going on in your life, because it's going on in my life, is the battle between my flesh and my spirit. And I'm tired of the flesh winning all the time. So I'm gonna strengthen my spirit and I'm gonna take back the control and say, no, 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 flesh. You don't control me, I control you. No more, no more. Number nine, I would pursue a dependency on God. Pursue him as your dependence. God, I need you to give victory in this situation. God, I need more of you in my life. God, I cannot survive without you in my life. Somebody said this, fasting is an outward response to an inward attitude and cry of the soul, I need you more. And then last of all, expect God. Just expect God. Expect God to show up in ways that you've never seen before. Expect to grow in your faith journey like never before. Just expect God to do a work in you and expect God to do a work through you. As I close here, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. You've heard it all before, but it just, I think it speaks to this issue. Then if my people who are called by my name, if, if we would just humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, you know, that, that's dependency. If we would just become dependent on him, and if we would turn from all that junk that's in our lives, then God says, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. I, I pray that that's what happens in your life in these next 21 days. So I invite you, take this challenge. It's not between you and I, it's between you and God. But I challenge you to 21 days, and I want you to know I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to join that church in India. I'm going to start praying for you. Start praying for me.